says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you indeed for being here this morning. We thank you for the spirit of God that's already in this place that have ministered to our hearts, that have healed our bodies, and have mended our spirits. As we gather here today, we yield ourselves unto you as willing vessels. And I pray that by the spirit of God, you will minister to every person right where they are in their lives. And I thank you that when we leave this place, your power will be available. Our lives will be changed. Our minds will be renewed. And we'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Everybody say, amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Last week was our Survivor Series. Everybody say Survivor Series. It was our Survivor Series weekend, and we used that in order to reach different uh, groups in our church. And our 9 o'clock services are strictly for our married individuals, and our 11 o'clock services on our Survivor Series weekend is strictly for our unmarried individuals. And we had almost 1,000 people in church on last week. Everybody give the Lord a big hand clap right there. And what a great time I felt we had with our married couples. We talked about having financial agreement. And if you are married and weren't here, or if you desire to be married, or you are engaged to be married, I want to encourage you to get that CD or go to the podcast on our website, and you can listen to it for free because it's the most one of the most important messages I've ever done to married people. And then I talked to the singles about uh, uh, minding your own business, and it was talking about walking uh, with the Lord and being involved in His work. And we had anywhere between 75, I think it was more than 100 people who walked down here and made a commitment as single people to be involved in the vision here at Word of Truth Family Church. Come on, give them a big hand too. And so before we did our, our Survivor Series weekend, we were in an area of, of the heart. And today I want to switch gears for our second service because I felt led to do something different. And I didn't announce it because there's no way that we will be able to have people from the first service flocking over. But they'll still have access to the, the internet and listen to it on the way. And so today I want to talk to you all about overcoming adversity. Overcoming adversity. How many here has ever had something in your life that was challenging to you? Amen. How many going through something right now that is challenging to you? And see, you have to learn how to overcome adversity because if you don't learn how to overcome it, you'll stay in a situation longer than what you should and you'll be in there till it almost drains your faith. And so life sometimes brings us challenges that can cause anxiety and stress, difficult and worry. How we deal with that will determine how long we stay in it and how successful we are when we come out of it. And so God in his infinite wisdom knew that we would be facing challenging times. And he's outlined, I believe, some principles in his word that will help us be overcomers and overcome adversity in this life. Can someone say amen to that? 
So I want you to find the, find down, the, the, the foundational text of today's message, which is found in Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24, and we're going to look in verses 10. That's our foundational text. Now, while you're doing that, let me define adversity for you. It means distress, tribulation, trouble, anguish, and adversity. Adversity means distress, tribulation, trouble. It's like being in jail and not having any bail money. How many? I'm not going to ask that question. <laughs> well, let me ask this question. How many have never been to jail? Let me see your hand. Okay. Oh, a lot of y'all been to jail. Okay, let me see. I'm just playing. I'm playing. It means to overcome adversity. It means... Uh, difficulty, overcoming difficulty, tra- uh, challenges and trouble. That's what adversity means. And to overcome adversity means to successfully manage and overcome stress. It means to overcome difficulty and anxiety by learning and applying principles found in the word. And so in Proverbs chapter 24, look in verse 10. I love this. It says, if you faint in the day... Of adversity, read it with me, your strength, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, your strength determines if you make it through adversity. If you notice now, he says, if we faint during the time of adversity, in the time of difficulty, in the time of when it's hard, when it's tight, when things are not going the way we want them. He says, if you faint during that time, the only reason you faint is because your spiritual strength is a midget. It's small. And see, what we don't realize is God has a goal for adversity when we go through it because adversity is something that everybody's going to experience so you might as well prepare yourself for it. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. He said, but be of good cheer. I have already overcome. It's like a pre-programmed fight that you already know you're going to win. And see, most people don't realize when you train for a fight, the person who wins is typically the person who's in the best shape. And many of us go into tribulation, we go into adversity, and our spiritual strength is small. And when we go through it, man, and we start swinging and fighting, and we, but we have no word inside. Amen. And so God has a goal when we go through adversity. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, I want you to look in verse 8. This is the verse that we use in the first service. 1 Peter chapter 5. God's goal for adversity is very simple. There are some things that he wants to do inside of us when we experience adversity. Many of us are trying to run from adversity when really we should be able to stand doing adversity. In 1 Peter chapter 5, if you dare say I'm there. I'm going to look now in verse 8, and I'm going to read verse 8 through 10. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the who? The devil, as a rowing line. Notice it says, as one. He is not one. He's as one. As a rowing line, walking about, watch this, seeking whom he may devour. He cannot devour everybody. The people he can't devour are the people who are spiritually strong during the time of adversity. He says, watch this. Now, this is how you get out of adversity. Whom you resist steadfast in your faith. 
knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren. In other words, whatever you're going through, someone else around you or in here has already gone through it. In other words, there is no temptation taking you, the Bible says, then such that is common to man, but God will with every temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. In other words, if you're going through something today, if you couldn't get out of it, if you didn't have adequate faith, you wouldn't be in it. In other words, God has full confidence in you that what you in, you can get out of. That's good right there. Watch what he says in verse 10. But the God of all grace who has called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus after that you have suffered a while. Man, none of us wants to suffer. You know, David said in the book of Psalms, he says, it was good that I suffered. Why? That I may learn your word. Sometimes going through situations makes you get closer to God. So listen, when the devil starts trying to push you in the corner, listen, get in that cave and get to know God. So when you come out of it, you're stronger than when you went in. Let me show you God's purpose when we suffer a a while. See, sometimes suffering does something for you that you don't realize. See, the anointing, the oil was made up of several different ingredients. And part of all of those ingredients had to be crushed. And see, we want the anointing, but nobody wants the crushing. But see, the Bible says a broken heart, God won't despise. See, I tell people, all you have to do, listen, you won't have to fall if you stay on the ground. You can't push me down. I'm already down there. Because I'm laying down before God saying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. Lord, whatever you want me to be, I'm going to be. And I'm going to do it with all of my heart. Watch what he says. He says, after you've suffered a while, he wants to make you what? Come on, say it out loud. He wants to make you perfect. And I love that word perfect because it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean what you think. It doesn't mean that. Uh, you are without flaw. That word perfect means to complete, watch this, to repair and to mend. He's saying, while you're going through adversity, I want to fix you while you're going through that. Whatever may have broken you while you got in it, he says, by the time you get out of it, you're going to be mended. Write down Mark chapter 1 verse 19. It says, and when he, Jesus, had gone a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, also. And they were in their ships mending their nets. The word mending is the same word over here, the word perfect. So when you have suffered a while, he wants you to be mended. He wants you to be made whole. That word also is the word restore in Galatians chapter 6 verse 1. It says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. That word restore is the same word as perfect. So when you're coming into adversity, when you come out, God wants to make sure you're restored. So it means perfect. Then he goes on to say, establish you. And that word establish means to strengthen and make you stable. Man, there's nothing. Have you ever ran into an unstable person? See, the Bible says a double-minded man is, 
It's unstable. He said, but when you come out of adversity, my goal of it is to make sure when you walk out, you stable. Then he goes on to say, establish you or strengthen you. The word strengthen there, I like it because it's different than the word establish. It means to make you strong. So I shouldn't come out of adversity all beat up and broken down. I should actually come out of it stronger than when I went in there. He said, establish, strengthen, and then I like this one. He says he wants to settle me. That means to be grounded. So let me just summarize this. God's goal is to develop us into strong, unwavering, mature sons and daughters who he can trust to the point that he can put you on display to the devil if he needed to. Now, let me give you the process of adversity. Let me give you the process very quickly. I'm going to give you three of them, and then I'm going to close. Here's the process for adversity. First, you have to have the right perspective for adversity. Then you have to have the right position in adversity. And then number three, you have to persevere through adversity. I'm going to say those again. You have to have the right perspective in adversity. Everybody say perspective for adversity. Then you have to have the right position in adversity. Everybody say position in adversity. And then number three, you have to persevere through adversity. Everybody say persevere through adversity. So what I want you to do, I want you to turn over to the book of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. And I'm just going to read the A part of verse. You know what? You don't have to turn there because I'm going to want you to turn somewhere else. But 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, the A part of the verse says, fight the good fight. Of faith. Here's the perspective of adversity. Jesus said in John 16, 33, he says, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So here's the perspective. I might as well, when I'm walking by faith, expect a fight. See, I'd rather expect a fight and don't have one than to have one and not be ready. And most people, they don't have the right perspective of adversity. They just let adversity run over them instead of always having up the shield of faith. Because when you have the shield of faith, you know what that means? If you have the shield of faith functioning in your life, that means the word of God is full in your heart. Because listen, how does faith come? It comes by hearing what? The word. So when I hear the word, faith comes. So all I have to do to make sure my shield of faith is always up is when I'm always hearing the word. Amen. We must not allow past difficulty to shape and change our belief about what God has, has, has for us and what he wants to do for us. Adversity comes to take the word. In fact, go to Mark chapter 4. Let me show you this. Mark chapter 4, and we're going to look in verse 17. Mark chapter 4, verse 17. Adversity comes to take the word. And most people think they're going through and they got laid off all about, it's all about them not having a job. It's bigger than that. Adversity is coming to see if you believe what you come to church to hear about. But listen, adversity is coming to see if you believe what's in that book. Adversity is coming to see if you can stand on what you heard and stand on what you say you believe. So how are you going to know if your faith can work if you never have an opportunity to work it? Mark chapter 4, are you there? 
Look in verse 17. Adversity comes to take the word after you've received it. Look in verse 17. It says, I'm going to start in verse 16. Well, jump up to verse 14, then I'm going to jump to verse 16. The sower soweth the what? And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. What's sown? Right now, I am sowing the word. But when they have heard the word, Satan comes when? Immediately to take away the word that was sown where? Sown in your heart. Watch verse 16. And these are they likewise, which also are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Watch this. And have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterwards, watch this now, when affliction or adversity or persecution arises for the word's sake. The only reason you go through certain things in your life, just to test the word that you say you have. And see, let me tell you a secret that most people don't know. In order for you to get to the hundredfold level, the Bible says it comes with persecutions. See, some of you all can't handle certain levels of blessings because you can't handle certain people talking about you. Oh, I'm telling you like I know it. Listen, certain levels of blessing, you got to get some thick skin, baby. Because I don't care how you get it and what you do, somebody ain't going to like it. And the only reason you want to not feel your own, listen, the only reason you feel bad about that person talking about you because you feel you, they need your acceptance or you need their acceptance. I just don't want them to, you know, let me tell you something. Get you a spiritual pacifier, put it in your mouth, put that word down in your heart and just stare the devil down and say, make my day. I'm going to keep reading verse 17. And it says here, And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Uh, afterwards, when affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word. And the cares, here we go, here we go. The cares, the adversity of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, watch this, enter in, and here's the whole purpose, to choke Come on, class. Show the word. So the word becomes, what's that word? Come on, y'all. Is it up there? The word becomes unfruitful. That's a different version. Okay, they got the new king jump up there. It says the word becomes unfruitful. But watch this now. And these are they which are sown on good ground. When they hear the word, they receive it and bring forth first 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And so... Adversity may come, but if we learn how to stand, it won't prosper. See, write down Isaiah 54, 17. It says, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you will condemn. In other words, it didn't say nobody will talk. It didn't say a weapon wouldn't come. It just said a weapon ain't going to work. And the word weapon there means artillery. But see, all you have to do to overcome the devil's artillery is to keep on the armor of God. God will deliver us out of all adversity. Write down Psalm 34, 19. I'm still talking about the perspective of adversity. 
It says in Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of all. Not out of some. And most people are scared to go through adversity because they don't think God will do what he said he would. And so the whole thing about adversity, on the perspective, you got to trust that God can get you out. Now, let me show you the difference between trust. Uh, Bring me a chair. Let's see. I'm going to get one right here. Grab me a chair, Lewis. Here's one right here. Give me this one right here. It got cushion on it. Oh, that don't have cushion. I don't have cushion, okay? I need some cushion. Thank you, baby. I appreciate that. Thank you. You know what? I'm going to use your chair because you're so sweet. Thank you, Lewis. Now, Lewis, I'm going to need you for this presentation. Now, the only reason most people don't want to go through adversity because they really don't feel God's going to say he could deliver us out of how many? Most people don't believe that. So watch this. Now, I want you, I'm not going to move this chair. I promise you, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. But I want you to just sit down in the chair. Now, why did you sit in that chair? Because you trusted that the chair was there, right? Now, this time, I want you to stand up. And I'm going to say, try to find the chair and sit down. (laughs) Now, thank you. Now, the only reason he refused to sit down is because he couldn't trust where the chair was. But see, the Bible says, I'm the Lord and I change not. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. You can count on my word because he said, heaven and earth will pass, but this word ain't going nowhere. Amen. Here's number two. Adversity happens for one of five reasons. Number one, the devil. Write down John 10.10. The Bible says, you know, the devil comes... uh, Uh, To steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have more abundantly. So his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his goal. Or sometimes adversity comes because we created it. Somebody say amen to that. I mean, you can't slap somebody and not expect to get slapped back. (laughs) Then you're going to slap them in Jesus' name. No, that's not going to work. Sometimes we cause adversity. Here's number three. Poor decisions can create adversity. Poor, short-sighted decisions can create problems. Decisions should be well thought out on, prayed on, and supported by Scripture. And see, what will help you make good decisions is a renewed mind, and that's what helps us. Spiritual and practical wisdom should be sought out before making a decision. In other words, if you're going to buy a new car, do some research before you buy Say, well, that's just natural. It is natural, but do your research because if not, they can charge you 10000 more than what you should have paid. If you're going to start a business, make sure you do your homework up front. Amen. Let me say this. Fleshly decisions always backfire. All right, here's number three. Disobedience. That's a good one there. Disobedience is, the, is a decision to disregard God's word And to not do what is right and decide to do the opposite. How many have uh, God told you to do something and you went the other way to do it? I know I'm not by myself on that one. 
you know. And uh, sometimes, you know, you end up running like Jonah. You know, Jonah ended up being swallowed by the whale only because God told him to go in one direction. He decided to go in the opposite direction. But when I finally realized over my lifetime that God's will is best for me, even though it may, may not be best my, for my flesh at the time, because, see, I've learned, my flesh has learned that obeying God helps the flesh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, obeying God will help the flesh. Now, it may, it may kill the flesh in terms of the flesh goes, oh, I don't want to do that. But then after you do it, the flesh loves that promotion. <laughs> Lord tell you to give something over here, and your flesh goes, I don't want to do that. And then all of a sudden, a, a door open over here, and you go, thank you, Lord. I appreciate it. The flesh like that part, but the flesh don't want to do this part. And then here's a good one. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 because I want to get through this one. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, this one is displaying a, living a godly life. See, the Bible says those who live godly shall suffer persecution. You wonder why you're going through some stuff? It's only because you're living right. See, some people think they're going through stuff because they're living wrong. No, no, no. You can go through stuff and be living right. See, if you read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Yes, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus might. Suffer. What did it say? Shall suffer persecution. Here's the one I wanted to get to. And it is when doors of opportunity and success or blessings for the kingdom and for you come into your life. See, people don't realize when good things happen, you just, it, 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 you know, now I know the old saying, say, oh, watch out when everything good is good. That means bad coming. No, that's a lie right there. But I'm saying sometimes when doors open for you that, that affect the kingdom, sometimes it attracts adversity. But don't worry about the attraction. All you got to worry about is staying still and being about God's business. Now, in 1 Corinthians, go to 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 Corinthians. Let me just back this up with Scripture because I know, you know, some of us, you know, I don't want to go through adversity. Well, uh, I mean, some women don't want to get fat when they get pregnant, but that's part of it. Right? Did I say something wrong? Okay, get big. Swole. Expand. I mean, help me. What? Gain weight? No, you're getting me built. You're getting me guilt up here. Otherwise, your body change when you get ready to get a baby. Praise the Lord. I'm getting adversity up here right now. First Corinthians chapter 16, look at verse 9. He says, this is now Paul speaking. He says, for a great door, an effectual has opened unto me. And there are many adversaries. Paul said, man, God opened some doors for me and it attracted some adversaries. But let me say this about attracting adversaries. If you attract them, you must be worth attracting. You know the devil don't mess with people that don't do nothing. You say, the devil ain't messing with me. You probably ain't doing too much. <laughs> so what's number three? Here's number three. So we can go home. This oh, man, I got one minute. Uh, how can I wrap this up and make it make sense? Okay. Persevering through adversity. 
steam only comes out of a kettle when it's heated. Now, who in here knows when water, what temperature, when it boils? How much? 212. Okay, so here's the question. If the water never reaches boiling point, can an egg boil? Not unless you probably keep it on there for 20 hours. But most of the time it's not going to boil. Because it's called a boiled egg because you boiled it. Right? I mean, that kind of makes sense, don't it? Now, that means that if the temperature is 211 degrees, it's only hot. But see, if I want a boiled egg, one degree changes me from hot to boiling. And persevering, persevering through adversity says this, no matter how hot it gets, I'm going to stand. Because at the end of it, I got an egg. <laughs> now the egg represents your blessings. <laughs> you know, that's what it, you know. It's an analogy. But you got to learn to fight the good fight of faith. I'm going to use this illustration and I'm closing. What time is it? Oh, I'm doing good. Okay, check this out. You ever had a big fight on television, but you weren't at home to see it, so you T-voted or you recorded it at home, and when you were on your way home, because I've done this, I actually asked people who won the fight. And they would tell me, because I really want to know. I don't want to sit there through all the stuff and, and no. But I, I will go home and watch the whole fight. But I already know in advance who won because I have inside information. So even though out of 15 rounds of boxing, the person who told, they told me that was going to win is losing the fight even up to the 14th round. I know because I have pre-recorded information that at the end of the fight, he's going to win because the fight was pre-recorded. To go through adversity, you have to see the end at the beginning. See, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. The reason Jesus was able to go through because he saw it at the beginning. And if you listen, look at what you went through in your life. Look, when you went through a difficult situation and you saw God brought you out, if you knew that before you started, you wouldn't have cried all the way through it. See, if you knew he was going to bring you the right man and the right husband, you wouldn't have cried about that wrong man when you was dating him. If you wouldn't have cried about her leaving you with those two kids, not knowing that God was going to bring you a supernatural woman, you'd have just waved that woman bye-bye. If you knew that you were going to get fired, but they were going to turn around and get you a better job, you'd have wrote your boss a thank you note. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. In other words, when you persevere through adversity, you're saying, God, I can walk through it. I will take it because I have the faith to make it. Come on, give the Lord a hand, a hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning. You may be here today. And you say, Pastor, I am going through adversity.